to some scary movie. You like scary movies? Uh-huh. What's your favorite scary movie? Uh, I don't know. You have to have a favorite. What comes to mind? Um, Halloween. You know, the one with the guy in the white mask who walks around and stalks babysitters? I'm Shah. I'm Ollie. And we are Creeping It in the Family, a podcast where we dish details about all things horror. Oh, episode... Wait, is this coming out Thursday? Yeah. So this will be episode 65. Yeah. So that means the film we've just watched will be episode 66, 66. so I need to remember to change that in my book, because I've got it down to 65, so I don't want to slip up. No, you won't want to do that. You won't want to make, make a knob out yourself yeah. like somebody else did this week. So it's your midweek... It is, so... Extravaganza. Oh, it's like RuPaul was in the room, man. What, what Do they say extravaganza? Is that a thing? I don't know. So, shut up. Don't say I don't know. Like, I you watched, did not I watch watched, Drag Race. I watched one season fucking years ago. You liked Drag Race? I liked one season. Well, okay. it, was, it was on and I watched it. I did, I did watch it. I think I watched it with Shah, but I've never, watched, I've never watched another one. Yeah, it is. It definitely is what RuPaul says. So this week, I've just settled to do some... Uh, scary stories that I found on Reddit. Um, I found them all over the internet, really. I think I've got four. Right. So we can do read it, scare factor, any questions you may have. So what? So we'll, we'll actually get some proper things down then. So we'll wait. Believableness. Wait, are these? Are these? Have people told these as if it's happened to them, or is it just people trying to write a good story? Do you think? <laughs> There's a couple on either side. I think. So I'll. I'll. We'll do scariness, believability. What, what other one could we do? Likeability. Yeah, likeability. Yeah? Yeah. Okay, so, story one. I read this one to my year eights a couple of weeks ago, and I really liked it, so I said I'd read it again. This story takes place in Flushing, Queens, New York. For those of you familiar with the area, it's a house between the Big Cemetery and Queens College. About two years ago, I lived in a pretty nice house. It had three rooms, a full kitchen, and an attic for only $1,300 a month. For all of you who rent apartments, you'd know this is a damn good deal. A large cemetery was about six to seven blocks away, but it really has nothing to do with my story. Anyway, why, why put it in then? <laughs> Adds to the- Weird flex. <laughs> There's a cemetery around the corner. Don't mean anything. We've got a cemetery around the corner. I mean, saying where we live, we've got Costco's around the corner. It's not relevant, one but we've got, we've got one, yeah. Big up Canton. That, that's just such a weird way to start it. There is a cemetery, but it's not it's relevant. It's just adding to the authenticity of this story, Oliver. So, anyway, after moving all my stuff into my new place, I started to explore all the rooms, all the nooks and crannies and whatnot. (laughs) The word cranny just makes me laugh. I noticed that the room I chose, I let my mum have the large room, yes, I live with my mum, had a small piece of paper above the door. It was placed flat on the wall between the top of the door and the ceiling. All that was on the paper was a few Chinese letters. Now, I'm Chinese, but I can't read Chinese for shit, so I had no idea what it said, but I have seen those types of paper before. Basically, there are old traditions about monsters, usually vampires, that have a piece of paper attached to their head, hat, or whatever. Google Chinese vampires and look at some of the pictures. That's what this paper above my door looked like. I asked my landlord, a semi-old white lady, about it and she said that the last guy to live in the house was very superstitious so i brushed it off i left that paper there though because seriously who wants to mess with something like that 
my room had a very deep closet. It was narrow, but it took a good four to five steps to get to the far side of it. After checking out my room, I headed up to the attic. The landlord had previously told me, or sort of warned me, not to let anyone sleep in the attic. Whether or not this has anything to do with my story, you'll have to decide. She said it gets extremely hot up there during the summer or something. I had a room, my mum had her room, so it didn't matter much. I walked upstairs to a two-roomed attic that had the door in between them removed. The first room had nothing inside, but the second had a couch sitting in the middle of it. There was nothing around it. No tables, lamps, light fixtures or anything else. Just a dirty white couch in the middle. I decided not to fuck with it or sit in it because, seriously, who would would you plop down on a couch that the last tenant had left in your new house? That's disgusting. Everything was sorted out and the place started to feel like home. A few months passed and some weird things started to happen. I would stay up very late most of the time on my laptop while sitting on my bed and on a few random nights my closet doors would swing open. Not swing open as in that creak shit they do in movies. I'm talking swing open like someone roundhoused it open. The first time it happened I was scared shitless. My bed was facing the closet so I looked up scared as shit and saw nothing. The closet door was just flat against the wall with nothing but darkness in the closet. There were no demon eyes, no shadowy figure, just darkness. I got up, closed the closet door and went back to my laptop. This event started happening more and more frequently and since I always had a window fan installed I figured it was just some really strong draft. The fact that I couldn't close my closet door all the way supported my theory. The locking mechanism on it would have prevented it from swinging open like that. As I'm writing this, I just realised that I should have just put something heavy in front of it. Whatever. I told my mum about it and apologised for the noise in the middle of the night, but she said that she never heard a thing. I found it pretty odd since the door slammed pretty loudly into the wall. A little more than half a year later, after first moving in, we decided to move out. We found a cheaper but smaller apartment and decided to go with it. My friend knows people who worked for a moving company, so we hired a few workers to move all our stuff out. While we were packing up all our things, I set up a radio in my room to listen to while I was busy putting everything into boxes. I went to the bathroom, and upon leaving my room, I closed my door. It wasn't by accident or anything, I just had a habit of closing doors behind me. I took a piss and went back to my room. <laughs> took a piss. Took a piss. Is that is that the correct terminology? I took a piss? I had a piss? Yeah, I, I've had a piss. Yeah, it's I had a piss, not I took a piss. I took the piss. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Grammatical errors. I opened the door and stood there for a moment, closed the door and opened it again. That's when I noticed that I couldn't hear anything coming from my room when the door is closed. The radio was pretty loud, yet I couldn't even hear a tiny bit of it when the door was shut. This actually weirded me out more than the closet door slamming in the middle of the night because it just didn't make any sense. Then I realised maybe that's why my mum never heard the loud slamming. Still thinking about it, I continued to pack. I went to my closet to get my clothes. I swung the closet door open and held it flat against the wall. I didn't want to keep opening it and closing it as I walked in and out. But the door wouldn't stay flat against the wall. I would open it all the way, then it would creak back a bit into a 70 degree angle. This is where I started to get creeped out. All those nights that the door slammed open, it was at a complete 180. The only way it would stay like that was if someone or something held it open. Freaking out, I grabbed all my shit in the closet ASAP and threw them onto my bed. 
I did not want to stand in that long, narrow closet any longer. I went up to the attic to check up on the workers. They'd just finished clearing it and asked me about the white couch. I told them it wasn't mine and to leave it there. They shrugged, put it back down and went downstairs. As I turned to follow them, something on the floor caught my eye. An extremely black, seemingly burn mark stuck out underneath the couch. I walked over and pushed the couch out of the way. Sitting there at my feet was a pentagram burned into the carpet. It was as if someone had one of those cow marker slash prodder things, or whatever they're called, except it was huge and in the shape of a pentagram. I quickly called the workers back and we stared at it for the longest time. A few the fuck is this shits were exchanged, and then a few chuckles from them. I wasn't laughing, especially after they pointed out that this pentagram was right above my room. I was going to go downstairs, finish packing, and get the fuck out of this house. As I took the last box from my room, I looked one last time at the room, at the closet, and at the paper above the door. The top right corner of the paper was falling off a little bit. I felt a deep, sudden urge to rip it off, but I denied that feeling and brought my stuff outside. Can I just have a couple of plot guesses here? Yeah. So I think it's either... So there's a portal to hell or whatever in the house. That's what the pentagram is. It's like an opening or, mm-hmm. or signifies it. And that Chinese writing is, is works in the, in the sense of like a crucifix. Like it, it it prevents evil. It stops evil. That's just a plot, plot guess from what I'm thinking so far. Okay. It's been about three to four years since I've lived in that house. But I still think about it often. About a year ago, I went to my aunt's house for my cousin's birthday. I'd been there before, but on that day I noticed something I'd never noticed before. As I was taking off my shoes, I looked up. Above the door to her house, stuck in between the top of the door and the ceiling, was a very similar piece of paper. This piece was different, though, as the Chinese letters were very faint, as if it was flipped and faced the wall instead of facing me. I asked my aunt about it, and she told me it was a sort of charm to keep evil spirits away. It haunts me now. What if I succumbed to the urge of ripping the paper off the wall? Is that paper still there? It was peeling off the last time I saw it. Did anyone fix it? Or worse, did anyone remove it? She told me what the Chinese letters meant. Literally translated, it said, no entry beyond. I asked her why she had the piece of paper flipped around, and the words she told me next will scar me forever. It's supposed to be that way. The wordings on the paper are supposed to face where evil spirits will come from. I stood there frozen, a feeling of enormous dread swept over me. That man, that superstitious bastard of a man that lived in the house before me, wasn't trying to keep evil spirits from entering the room. He was trying to keep something from leaving. Oh, so he, wait, so he kept the demons in there, or whatever it may yeah. be. Yeah. In the room that she was sleeping in, yeah. he was sleeping in, yeah. whichever, whichever it may be. Instead of trying to protect him from it. So it was like his pet kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good story. I do believe it's a story. Um, it's little things like when I hear, in hindsight, I should have just um, put something heavy in front of the door. That's fine, but then put in whatever after. But when he says whatever, that's telling a story. It's not. It's not. It's not relaying something that happened. Yeah. It's. It's still good. Like I, it's. I'd say believability. You know. You know what? I'd. I'd say a nine because. Yeah. There was no, the thing I liked about it, there was no glowing red eyes in the cupboard. There was nothing, all it is is like, it is essentially superstition because nothing actually happened. And that, there probably is a fucking house somewhere that's got a pentagram burned in where some satanic fucking 
Do you know what I mean? And then th- mm. th- that's not unheard of. That's that's I like that. That was good. Okay, that was I'm a good glad. story. Okay, so are you ready for story two? I'm ready. How ready? Born ready. Just <laughs> you look. Just you, you're just looking the pink. Absolutely in the pink. Mr. That was Mr. A, Krabs. Mr. Krabs. <laughs> what was I laughing at the other day? There was a meme, and it was you know where you know where he leans in and he's like. That smell, that smelly kind of smell. Oh, yeah. That smelly kind of smell that smells smelly. Yeah. <laughs> there was a thing on that. I was just proper feeling laughing. Yeah. Oliver uh, decided not to use sun cream the other day. I'm very sunburnt. And he is very sunburnt. I've got about four hours sleep in the past two days. I'm in, I'm on you, the road. You just, I was going to say, you're just living off, you're living off fumes now. Anyway, well, I'm already in lockdown. How can I make life even worse? <laughs> Sunburn. I, I I'm surprised. I'm I am genuinely myself. surprised you haven't got sunstroke. Actually, I drank a lot, didn't I? Yeah. <laughs> Al- alcohol. <laughs> alcohol. Yeah, but I suppose liquid's a liquid, so yeah. uh, we'll There'll go with water it. Water in there somewhere. Yeah, definitely. All the ice you put into yeah. it. <laughs> right. Anyway, story two. So this, just a little disclaimer. This one to me seems like the most. Um, realistic one that there is that i've got i've got cookie under my eyes did you have cookies what have you had cookies or have you i, I gave eloise one yeah I i've got you i bought... had when you handed me the after sun bottle like oh, i've got cookies all over oh, my right. hand <laughs> <laughs> right about 10 years ago i was recently divorced and living alone in a one-bedroom apartment The place was clean and the rent was decent. One of those places that had a doorman. I felt safe here. I was alone and loving it, focused on my career and not on my clingy ex-husband. Things were finally looking up for me. At the time, I was working pretty late at the office and would often stumble into my apartment, sleep deprived in the early hours of the morning, and wake up by 6.37ish to start the day. I started noticing that in the morning my door would be unlocked sometimes. I usually dismiss this as my sleep-dead brain thinking that the bed looked more appealing than locking the door. Another thing that I noticed since moving in was that I seem to misplace things more than I used to. Little things like a hairbrush or nail polish, that sort of thing. It wasn't really that big of a deal, just enough to be a slight annoyance in my day. The longer I live there, the more frequently I seem to forget to lock the door. At first it was every once in a while, then it seemed like almost a daily occurrence. More things went missing. Things like pictures, shaving razors, and most disturbingly, my underwear. This went on for long enough that I started to get a little paranoid. I started to take the time at night to make sure the door was locked. I got into a habit of every night after I locked the door to turn the handle three times and say to myself, it's locked, it's locked, it's locked. Time after time, I would wake up and the door would be unlocked. One time, I even tried staying up all night to watch the door but I ended up falling asleep in my chair. I decided that my mind was not reliable enough to stay up all night, so I invested in a video camera. I went all out and bought the fanciest camera that I could get my hands on. So one night, I set the camera up facing the door. I hid the camera under a pile of towels on the floor, and I locked the the door and went to bed. When I woke up, my apartment looked normal, nothing missing that I could see. I decided to check the tape. I fast-forwarded through hours of footage, not seeing anything. I was just about to give up when I noticed the handle of the door jitter. Then it slowly crept open. A figure slid through the half-open door, 
and walked towards the camera. It paused, looked around as if it was listening for something, then walked forward into direct view of the camera. I paused it, the hairs on my arms and the back of my neck started to rise. I was staring directly into the face of the maintenance man of the building. I could see those big thick glasses and curly hair. I had no doubt who it was. I played the tape a little more. He looked comfortable as he walked around the apartment. Then he turned and walked towards my bedroom and out of the view of the camera. I didn't know what to do. Sobbing, I called the police. I tried to explain over the phone but couldn't. Soon enough, two officers arrived at my doorstep. I told them everything and showed them the tape. I remember seeing the blood drain from their faces. They promised me that I was safe and that they were going to get this guy. I needed to lay down, but didn't want to be alone. One of the officers offered to stand outside my apartment door as I took a nap. As I was laying in bed, unable to sleep but too drained to move, something kept nagging at me. I laid there for a few minutes, tossing and turning, unable to get comfortable or rest. My mind was racing, then realisation slowly washed over me and chilled me to the bone. We watched the tape and saw the man enter my home, but we never saw him leave. I froze and started shaking. I needed to get to the front door. I sat up and looked around the room. I couldn't see anyone. I swung my legs over the side of the bed cautiously and my feet hit the cold wood floor and I felt warm breath on my ankles. I raced out of the apartment as fast as I could and to the safety of the police officer. He called for backup and they found the man under my bed clutching a knife and a Polaroid camera. Ooh. Is that it? Did yeah. they not say what happened no. after? Uh, see, the thing that makes me think that that's a story is the fact that there's no ending to it. There's no... Because it, it, that's there for dramatic effect. It, whereas if it was an actual story, if it was, if it was an actual event, they'd be like the man... Um, was wanted or the man had previous or is now locked away or I'm now going to court. That I, I still believe that as a story, but it's definitely a more realistic one because it like that that type of stuff has happened. Did, did you hear that one of the voice note of that girl who went on that Tinder date? Is it's it the one where she terrifying. was in the house and like there was like tarpaulin over the yeah, floor? Yeah, it sounds so genuine and so terrifying. Like and that had like an ending to it. And just the way the woman said it on the on the voice note, it sounded so real. But that that is a good one. I'd say scariness. Scariness is nine. I didn't say scariness on the other one. Scariness on the other one six. Okay. Believability was nine. This one believability ten because that could easily happen. Yeah. That don't mean I think it's real. But it could. So happen. The, the other one will be: Do I think this actually happened or not? Like, yeah. do I think this per this happened to this person? No. Do I believability ten because that easily could happen? Um, and scariness nine because again, it's it's a home invasion more than anything else. It, yeah. It can happen. So yeah, that was a good one as well. I'm glad. I'm glad you liked it. That freaks me out though, and it's little things like because I, I've, I, it's not OCD because I don't want to like, I don't want to label it OCD because people genuinely suffer with it. But I have a thing about locking doors. You know it. The amount of times you've been out for a cigarette, and I've not known you were outside, yeah. and I've walked past and then I've locked the door, or even I've known and I've shut the door. I've put something in the bin, then shut the door, and then locked it, yeah. even though I know you're outside. But I have a thing about locking doors. When I used when I lived at uni, when I lived in the flats, I used to have to do a little dance every time I'd lock the door so I'd remember I'd done the dance. See, I, I, I have little routines when I come home at night to make sure I've locked the door because we've had... <clears throat> no one's ever broken into our house, but we've had someone put the hose pipe through the letterbox because we didn't used to have a gate going to our back garden, so yeah. you could just go on the back. 
someone broke into Wayne's Ford Escort or Mum's Ford Escort, I think it was, the yeah. red one. Um, so we've been, someone's broken into my partner's car outside. So there's, there are people around there that... that yeah. Do you not remember when Shaz's car got... Um, I remember me, Wayne just came in, it was like six in the morning because Wayne had work. It was like half five or something. And he just came in and went, Shah, your car's just been broken into. I've just seen someone do it. And someone, Shah, like foolishly left a bag in display on the car. There was nothing in it, but someone just smashed the window, took the bag. Like there was bits of a bag all up the street. The purse had stolen. There was nothing in it except for my oh, car. Oh shit, store. as if I'd forgotten that. As if, was I here? Um... You must not have been for you to not remember. Yeah, it, I don't remember that. Remembered it. But it, it did happen. Wayne, Wayne will be able to tell you it did happen. Oh no, I believe it. It was shit it was her old um, her old car set, the silver one. You know the tatty one. Oh, it was shit. it was that car. Yeah, she left the bag in display. But then, Damn. saying that, I think didn't didn't before. I'm, I'm I, I know this has happened to someone. I know. I think it might be Wayne where he was on the sofa or something. The front door was open. Someone came in and just grabbed something off the side, like because our our house it goes from the front door and it's a beeline from the hallway to the kitchen. It's like. Like, yeah, I and think someone maybe. came in. Like Wayne was just laid on the sofa because it was so quiet. They could just open the door, come in, take something, and go. Might not be Wayne, but that did happen to someone. I know. I can't remember who it was. Yeah, it's awful. Isn't it? I mean, I know it's silly leaving your bag out in the car, but at the same time, you should be able to leave your stuff out. Yeah, it's it. It's an odd one. Yeah, but you know what? Abroad, I found like I mean, I've never I've never been to like Maga or Malia or anything like that where it's like party central and it's yeah. young teens. But, you know, in Greece, I just used to leave my bag on the beach. Mm. And, like, even in Ibiza when we were at the hotel, I just used to leave my bag and then go into the pool and I'd come back and nothing was missing. See, I said, when me and, me and my partner went to... Um, Bas- oh, I remember this. Went to Barcelona. Like, I'm... I, I, I'm not, like, a paranoid frequent in terms of getting stuff stolen and, and, and stuff like that, but I... When we went to Barcelona, Shah wore like um, it was like a small little handbag. Yeah. It, it was an over-the-shoulder one that swung quite a low. Satchel. Yeah, and I, I said to her, I said to her a couple of times, like, oh god, like make sure you have that in your hands when you're yeah. on the tube, because uh, we was we was on the I think it's a metro in Barcelona. Yeah. Um, but it's the same as a tube or any underground rail service. Like you, 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 you won't any local you see does not have one of them bags. They have bags, even if it's a backpack. backpack at the it's front. on the front. Yeah. That's what and I do if I'm if I'm going out and about backpack. We'd the been front. there, I think, a day, and within I remember we got off at our stop. The doors hadn't cl- closed yet, and Shard has turned around, looked in a because it's it's not even in front of her; it's on a side. Mm. Looked, saw that a, 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 a purse had gone, and I said to it like she was the doors closed. She was trying to open the doors. I said, Shard, whoever's took that, we've been on here about twenty minutes. It's probably been yeah. about six, seven stops. They got off at the next stop. No one on that train's got your purse now, and. She, she was heartbroken, bless her, but she's learnt a lesson. Like it's, it's a hard lesson to learn, but it is one to learn. Yeah, I, to be to be fair, I, I didn't like I, I I I think Shah took it for granted a bit more than I. Like I've I think I've seen a lot more. Like my car's been broken into. Mm. I've had three hundred quid robbed out of it. Like oh, when you were at takeaway. Yeah, when I delivery drove. So I, I'm I've kind of learnt to not trust the general public whereas yeah. I don't think she had yet she hadn't learnt to not trust people it's not saying she'd have lent money to a random person but she didn't think people would really mm. stoop that low and then with, with literally within 24 hours a bag had gone and luckily yeah. they didn't take a phone which was next to a purse but that that makes me think they were it, professionals it literally, literally it, just uh... I don't think they're bothered about like professional pickpockets want cash because yeah. they, they know phones can get blocked and it can get tracked and it's probably not worth their time or yeah. risk of being caught 
getting rid of a phone, they just want wallets and that and money. So, but the, it's it's a trade out there. People get trained in it. People train the kids to pickpocket. Yeah, to pickpocket. It's, it's crazy. Yeah, I uh, I've been to, I think I've been to Paris about four or five times now, and um, every time I I either wear a little bum bag, and you know what, I may look a twat, but at least I'm a safe twat with all my personal belongings still on me. Yeah. And that, and I'm happy with that. Even at theme parks, I won't like at Alton Towers. I walk around with a bum bag on, and that's because I don't then have to put anything in the holders because I just think that's the most un- unsafe thing. Yeah. There's no locker like that you open up and stuff. It's literally you're trusting the people on that ride not to fuck you over. Yeah. Yeah, you are right. And it really freaks me out. But yeah, always, always a bum bag. That's yeah. the way to go in life. Oh, can I just add as well, just a quick disclaimer for anybody listening. That first story, I said I'd read it to my year eights. I hadn't read the swear words. I took them out. Oh. Just double clarifying, because I realised like three quarters of the way through that I was like, oh yeah, shit, I forgot to mention that. But yeah, I never do swears. <laughs> I'm a good teacher. So, story three. Now, this is a really short one, but I thought it was really good. So, we'll go with it. A man went to a hotel and walked to the front desk to check in. The woman at the desk gave him his key and told him that on the way to his room there was a door with no number that was locked and no one was allowed in there. She explained that it was a storeroom and that it was out of bounds. She reminded him of this several times before allowing him upstairs. So he followed the instructions of the woman at the front desk going straight to his room and going to bed. However, the insistence of the woman had piqued his curiosity. So the next night, he walked down the hall to the door and tried the handle. Sure enough, it was locked. He bent down, looked through the wide keyhole. Cold air passed through it, chilling his eye. What he saw was a hotel bedroom like his, and in the corner was a woman whose skin was incredibly pale. She was leaning her head against the wall, facing away from the door. He stared in confusion for a while. Was this a celebrity? The owner's daughter? He almost knocked on the door, but out of curiosity, and then decided not to. As he was still looking, the woman turned sharply, and he jumped back from the door, hoping she would not suspect he had been spying on her. He crept away from the door and walked back to his room. The next day, he returned to the door and looked through the wide keyhole. This time, all he saw was redness. He couldn't make anything out besides a distinct red colour unmoving. Perhaps the inhabitants of the room knew he was spying the night before and had blocked the keyhole with something red. He felt embarrassed that he had made the woman so uncomfortable and hoped she had not made a complaint with the woman on the front desk. At this point, he decided to consult her for more information. After some gentle quizzing and the promise that the explanation would go no further than him, she finally said, Well, I might as well tell you the story of what happened in that room. A long time ago, a man murdered his wife in there. And we find that even now, people get uncomfortable staying there. But these people weren't ordinary. They were white all over, except their eyes, which were red. Oh. That is quite a good one. Scariness, seven, because nothing really happened, but it is quite a scary story. Uh, do, you ble- get, do you get the why there was red, though? No. Because it was only their eyes that were red, so the eye was staring right back at him. Oh, the shit. Ah, oh, that is quite good. I'll give it an eight scariness because that's quite a, quite a scary scary bit added on to it. Believability five. Uh, what was the other one? Do I think it ha- do, I, do, I, no, do I think it happened? 
Was it? No, likability. That's the oh, li- likability. Yeah, yeah. Good. I'm glad. Right. This is my last one today. Story four. So my uncle used to work a lot when I was younger. He's done a lot of different things to make money, but one consistent thing is that in the summer months and into the late fall, he paints houses. It's a legitimate business and everything. He's got his truck with a number and a name and supplies in the back and the works. Every now and then he would call my dad and he needed a little extra help. I'd work for him. No big deal, really. It was just painting houses. What could possibly go wrong? Well, it takes a while to paint a whole house. If the weather conditions aren't right, then you can't paint. One particular fall was extremely wet. It rained for what felt like every single day. My uncle would paint multiple houses at a time, so sometimes he would get caught up due to situations like these, and I'd work a little more than usual. That was fine by me, though. The job wasn't hard, and it paid well. Anyway, it was a warm day for late fall, but there was a distinct chill in the air, one that kind of penetrated through you and stung your soul. My uncle had this job he had to finish. It was an old Victorian house in a quiet part of town. A lady and her husband, who was an author, lived there. Due to the weather, it had taken longer than expected to paint the house and there were family issues going on at that time, which further complicated things. So, my uncle gets a call one day from the lady who lives at the house. She says that her husband is trying to write his next book, but he keeps getting distracted by the scaffolding outside the house, so she wanted to know if we could come over and finish the job as soon as possible. My husband, uh, sorry, my uncle was always an honest businessman. They had contracted him to do the job in midsummer, but he had lots of jobs that summer, and the wet conditions as I mentioned above made it difficult to finish every, uh, anything. However, these people were insistent but really polite, and not wanting to lose customers or get a bad recommendation, my uncle decided to put the house as a high priority. After all, it would only take a day or two to finish. So we show up to this house mid-afternoon. Like I said, it was a weird kind of chilly that day, and I also remember a really eerie calm. The day was slightly overcast, so everything was shrouded in grey, It was like the perfect setting for a mystery crime novel. So we arrive at this house and my uncle and I move to the back. The front of the house was already done, so there was nothing left there. My uncle, being the more experienced painter, would always do touch-ups and I would simply apply the first coat since they took little skill. Anyway, we get back to the back of the house and he asks me if I'm scared of heights. I was 17 at the time and although they do creep me out a little, I didn't want to seem like a child in front of my uncle, so I told him I wasn't. He was happy to hear it. He had me climb up the scaffold to the third floor to finish an upper section of the house. There was a window up there, a small little oval, one that looked like him, looked into the attic. The attic also happened to be the husband's study, and he would do most of his writing in there. So I'm climbing up to this scaffolding, cans of paint dangling behind me and various brushes and other tools in the utility belt my uncle let me borrow. I get to the top of the scaffolding and set all my supplies down. I crack open a can of paint and start painting like I had a few hundred times before. Outside of the temperature, the overcast and the eerie calm this day was like any other. I'm working my way across the top part of the house when I get to the window that looks into the study. I bend down, dip my paintbrush and stand back above to paint above the window. The window was in direct line of sight and I couldn't help gazing in. I see a man, the husband, staring back at me with a face completely barren of any emotion. I'd never seen a face so devoid of feeling before. I still haven't. Of course, I get startled and take a step back. I chuckle and smile at the guy, but he doesn't smile back. Instead, while remaining completely emotionless, he draws up a pistol to his head that he was holding in his hand the whole time, 
and proceeds to blow his brains out without ever breaking eye contact, right in front of me while I'm staring at him. In utter shock, I gasp and let out the smallest scream as I step back in fear. Only I stepped back a step too much and fell off the scaffolding. Alerted by the gunshot, my uncle looked up in just enough time to see me fall off the scaffolding from the third storey. I was lucky enough to land in a bush and only suffer a broken ankle and a few scratches. The biggest wounds happened in my head. I had to go to counselling for a while, and it's been years since then, and I still remember that man's face. I've never forgotten it. It'll always be burned into the back of my head. I know why, looking back, his face was so devoid of emotion, because he never felt any emotion at all. He literally didn't care about what he was doing. As it turns out, the man was seriously depressed and facing marital issues with his wife. Combined with a few too many nights drunk on whiskey and, and facing writer's block, I guess he decided he couldn't take it anymore. His wife moved out of the house shortly after and we never finished the job. To this day, the house remains abandoned and to this day, I try not to drive down the street it's on. I'm scared that if I do and happen to pass the backyard, I'll see that man staring back at me from that window, cold and emotionless. That's a good one because again, it's not it's not paranormal related. It's not a ghost story. It's just a bad bad experience. Yeah. So believability, uh, I'd say ten. That that, that like, could that, easily, that could happen. easily happen. Um, scariness probably ten, just because of the, just because of the concept of it. Not because I'm not because that story scares me, but because of the yeah. concept that. That, that type of stuff you, does you actually could, happen. You could just be like walking down the road and see somebody try to kill themselves. Yeah, it's it's not it's awful. It's not exactly uncommon, is it? No. It's it's not especially it just in today's seems, I was age. gonna say it just seems to be getting worse and worse at the minute. And then likability. Obviously, I don't like the the yeah. idea of the story, but it is still a it's a good 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 story if it is a story or a, experience. Yeah, experience. But yeah, those are my. There were some good ones. Quite Thank quite you. well varied. Thank you. I thought I'd. Yeah, I'm glad, it, I'm glad it just wasn't all paranormal. No, I wanted to do bits of everything. So then we've got Shutter. Yeah, Shutter's on Monday. Which I've just finished watching. And then you're going to decide your film in that time. My, I think I'm either going to go for Your Next or The Boy. I think it's between them two. Ooh. Your yeah, next, you wanted your, to do The Boy a few weeks your ago, Your Next is a fucking you? good one, though. It your is Next is excellent. Then my midweek, I'm thinking we're going to do... Um, your midweek will come for another two weeks I know but if we get it done early uh, we're going to record it early aren't we because Charlotte's moving out Friday is it Yeah. so it's not going to be as easy as just texting me and me nipping into a bedroom and doing a podcast yeah it's going to be a journey so I mean it's going to have to be a bit more organised so if we get them all out of the way now then it means not all out of the way but if we get a few out of the way it means we're not we've got a bit of a break yeah we're not rushing around last minute because I'm off back to work soon which means it's we'll we'll keep you posted anyway but I think think I'm going to do rankings of the screen killers Ooh, good one. Oh yeah, you spoke to me about mm. this. Yeah, this is this is rank good. This makes me happy. You can't really ra- rank your Halloweens because they're all the same. So you, you, could, you could rank, you could rank the Michael Myers in each film how they act. Like you could, you because all you have to do is give him attributes to rate him on, don't you? But I see what you're saying. Like it's all this, it's all the same character. Mm. So yeah, thanks for. You listening. could do. You don't have to do just like the killers either. You could do like the best character, the character you wanted to see most die in the yeah. whole series. You could do like a whole. You could do them on each franchise, couldn't you? Yeah, I would. I would appreciate this. We we need. To, I think we need. Oh, we don't need to because it is our podcast, so it's really that asked. But <laughs> you can you can tell like we hadn't done like the next Friday the Thirteenth or the next Nightmare on Elm Street just because I don't really like. Well, them I much. wanted to do Friday. I wanted to do a Nightmare on Elm Street. We haven't done a Friday the Thirteenth with Jason Voorhees in it yet. 
no, we haven't had pretty disgraceful. That Maybe is, we we're, we're gonna have to do one of them soon. Maybe I'll make it my next one. Right. Well, we'll we'll keep you posted anyway. We hope, hope you've enjoyed. Hope you've enjoyed. See you on Monday. Bye.